We're going to go ahead and hit that old record button. And then I have to pull up the song. And... So we're going to leave that woo in there and pretend like I definitely didn't just make a, a tremendous air. Josh, that was one hit piano, wasn't it? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix podcast. I'm one of your lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. I'm joined by our other, other lovely hostesses, the Joshua Mitchell. Say hi to the folks. Hi, folks. Josh, very good job. Um, we have an email you can reach out to the show t- with if you like. That was a sentence. Uh, we are hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com. You can also find our glorious Facebook page at facebook.com slash hoodpod. You'll find me post there from time to time. Um, and Josh make comments about Milk Duds more often than not. Um, if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast beginning to end, kind of understandable. If you want to find just certain segments, um, you can find these all these segment start times down in the description below if you want to jump around. Um, and thank you to Levi Oki, our lovely illustrator who has provided us the beautiful art you can currently see on your mobile device or computer screen or smart fridge. Do you think anyone who would listen to this smart podcast has a smart fridge? No. Well, someday, Josh. That, that's that's the goal of this podcast is to be played via smart fridge um you know i t- mentioned this to josh right before the show we didn't get to this uh this segment last time oh that that was a crisp pop that was uh our sponsor tonight the strawberry arnold palmer how you doing josh oh you know not bad sitting here undefeated in everything i do except fantasy football oh yeah no um packers won on thursday i know haven't haven't necessarily talked since then um oh, really? <laughs> but uh they definitely uh they definitely won and while it was definitely an offensive battle for the ages meaning there it was offensive to everyone who watched correct um the packers came away with a victory and i came away with some hot takes on the defense some hot takes on the defense. Huh? We'll get the hot takes in just a second. There is a bit, a bit of an elephant in the room we have to address, Josh. Um, you know, I've heard that a uh, well, Josh, another another podcast has entered the chat. And I, uh, I just don't know how I feel about that because we had the Walters who essentially broke off at this point. He broke off of the victorious POD, right? We declared ourselves the winner of the podcast battle mainly because Walters went to a reduced schedule because he's getting married. Fucking loser. And then uh, he, he's doing a reduced schedule and he renamed, rebranded to the Land of 10,000 Pods, I believe. And then uh, out of fucking nowhere... Alex Williams does a Brett Favre, comes out of retirement, 
and is now doing a podcast with Dave. Uh, what what's his last Sousen. name? Sousen. Asian um, Dave. Eight, well, I, I did. I didn't want to profile him like that, Josh, for our, our viewers. Um, but yeah, so uh, there we we won the podcast wars, but now we got these fuckers trying to come in and are they are they trying to dethrone us, Josh? After we just won? No, I don't think so. I think they're just trying to get close enough to touch our dicks. Um, Good luck finding it. <laughs> no, I, I definitely heard about that, and, and Walter's title is kind of a funny funny title land of 10,000 pods he probably won't even hit 10 um i mean unless he sits there and he podcasts by himself um alex and dave their uh their football acumen is no nowhere near ours that's saying something because ours is a rock bottom exactly (laughs) they uh they talked about it a little bit they were both at softball last night i've i've listened to both podcasts i didn't know that it existed until uh, alex williams sent me the link today but i knew i had to do my homework immediately so fun fact they both are produced in the same house they're both recorded in the same place i I did know that i did know that alex still records for walters which i think is interesting and i think my mic's getting a little too loud so i'm gonna tone myself down um but so yeah, so that that's an interesting take. Uh, I you know I don't want to you know beat this to death. I shouldn't even be talking about them. I shouldn't even be giving them attention. You know this is kind of defeating the purpose of winning the war. But um, the, in their first pod, they had an unintentional like um, five minute segment on the real name of Kaimi Fairbairn, and it was potentially between the three pods the funniest segment of all of all three pods ever. So I thought that was interesting. I'll give them that shout out. Um, but so yeah. Uh, we'll move right into hot takes. We are at the five minute and 45 second marker approximately. Josh, do you want to go first with your hot take of the week or would you like me to go first? Well, I guess, should we review last week's hot takes? Cause I forgot what mine was and I was hoping uh, you remembered. I mean, no, the, the, the gist of the hot takes is just to review them all in one big swoop. It's actually better if you forget your hot takes from week, week to week, I think. Well, consider me perfect. <laughs> um, my hot take for this week, and I see you didn't add one to this, and I only did because I would have forgotten my own hot take. That's what I was worried about. I'm glad. But I am going to say Baltimore repeats their beat town and beats Arizona by 20-plus points this week. Ooh. You really think so, huh? I think, I think Baltimore's defense is going to contain Kyler Murray. I think David Johnson's going to have some flashes of brilliance like he okay. like he can. Sure. But I think in the end Baltimore's going to win 35-14. That's That's uh, 20 plus, right? I'll def uh, yes, yes, so that, was okay. 20, that was 21 plus exactly. Um so I I appreciate that take. That's a nice hot take. Um so Josh, you you can feel free to give me this heat of this take because it might be controversial just in the fact that some people might not consider it the hottest of takes. But you know, obviously after losing Andrew Luck, um, I would think most um, well versed football fans are like, all right, that pretty much does it for the Colts this year, right? Would you think that's fair to say? Yeah. But my hot take is after seeing the heart and the dedication of that um, Indianapolis team that lost to the Chargers in overtime last week, the Indianapolis Colts will be in the playoffs this year in the NFL playoffs. That's my hot take for the week. That's it. I think that is a preheated oven hot take. So it's well, it's, it's, it's fully preheated. It's so it's just it's just a hot it's, it's a hot, hot oven. It's a hot okay. oven take. I, what are we baking here? Am I doing like a DiGiorno, like a three seventy five? No, Am you're I doing. A little... Yeah, you're doing a three seventy five DiGiorno. What are you doing? Trying to just have bread dough? 
You got to crank that up to 400 if you want crisp. I'm crisp? Who wants a super crisp pizza? You don't want super crispy. You just, just want some crust, crisp. You fucking idiot. God. Yeah, you get thick crust. You put it in at 400 for 20 minutes, and then you put on the broil for a solid three minutes. Yeah, Gar, I'll change no, your life with no. pizza. I'll, I'd prefer you didn't. But um, no, we're, we're, we're making a Josh Mitchell ham and cheese sandwich. So you put it in at 370 and just say, eh. it's it's a hot take. <laughs> Um, I think their defense and their run game can kind of uh, kind of take it. Um, that division, I'm trying to think who's in that division. Houston. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee. Can you get the last one? Oh, God, I should. Um, Miami. No, it's Jacksonville. Uh, um, yeah. Nailed it. I think that... I think that that division is kind of a crapshoot because even though I love Deshaun Watson and, and they have the talent on that team, they traded away everything. Their defense is not as good as it was. They, you know, so I think that if they if they enter the playoffs, I'm going to add to your hot take. If they enter the playoffs, it's going to be as the division winner. Well, not a wild card, but division winner. That's that's the only way they get in. Well, Josh, I'd love to agree with you, but everyone knows Miami's going to win the AFC South, just like you said moments ago. So we'll leave that as the hot takes for now. Josh, we got uh, NFL news at nine at the nine fifteen minute marker. Yeah, so we're falling behind because we like talking. Um, I guess this time did a little bit different last last season on Hidden Oaks Overdose. I'd love to pause there so you could insert some like highlights if you put together a highlight tape from last season. No. Oh. There were um, no highlights last season. I'll start by saying that. Okay. So, yeah. So, I left the pause for that no highlight then. Perfect. Um, we did the whole NFL news, pulled things up, but I didn't feel like reading eight headlines on Antonio Brown. So, God, dude. What a fucking... <laughs> so, we're going to do something a little different. This time, um, just injuries throughout the week that I you know, consider fantasy relevant. Um, Tyreek, he went down. He's out four to six weeks. Foles, he's on IR. Tevin Coleman's out. He's, I think, week to week. Same with Funchess. Mike Williams, I think, is week to week. Or is he day to day now? You would know because you're... I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, Darius Geis, he's already declared out. Hunter Henry, we found out, broke his um, fibia. Fibia. And the Dolphins' morale. (laughs) I feel like that got injured this week. Yeah. Um, The Dolphins' players called their agents immediately after that game, saying the coaching staff was giving up on the season after one week. Um, Apparently, it's just not... It's not a good environment to be in right now, apparently. Um, they're in Miami, so, I mean, they can just go to the beach. That's cool. Um, and then <laughs> my last note is AB. Do we even need to talk about him? And I got to thinking, let's just say after the trade to Oakland, so before any of this, putting on a completely non-biased view, who do you think, if you go back in time, who do you think you would have been reading more off-field issues about? Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon? Uh, I would have thought Josh Gordon. I mean, I, I guess you would hope to not read about either of them, right? But if I had to pick one, it probably would have been Josh Gordon, yeah. Yeah, if you think, I mean, if you're putting on a non, non-biased non view. Just based th- on history. Like, if you were to take recent history, like AB's last year in um, uh, right. Pittsburgh was awful, but oh, Josh yeah. Gordon has a longer history of being okay for a bit and then just fucking up out of nowhere. And then, so, you know, right. I would say that at this point in time, AB is the most dysfunctional wide receiver on the Patriots roster. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. And, and that includes Josh Gordon. <laughs> it's true. But, um, 
overall, I don't want to spend too much time on it. There's We don't know enough to go into deep speculation on this rape accusation. So innocent until proven guilty. Text messages are damning, but overall, we don't know, and neither does neither do the Patriots, apparently. He practiced today. No, yeah, I mean, the only other, th- the only other worthy thing to mention there is that while the, these allegations are rough, the lawsuit that was – this is a civil lawsuit. So essentially – it, they're just looking for money in this lawsuit. It's right. not, there's no criminal charges being pressed. I mean, the NFL can still do whatever the hell they want. They can right, suspend them, ban them, yep. whatever. Um, so, but yeah, so there's no criminal charges being pressed. It's not like AB's going to end up in jail unless he goes bankrupt or something and can't. I, he goes the OJ route and just starts armed robbering places to pay for this. But yeah, innocent until proven guilty, I think. But it doesn't look great, but who fucking knows? Right. And and I did notice, and one more, t- we're spending more time than I wanted to talking on this, but. Moving uh, on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did notice, uh, I did see something that the details of his contract say that if he were to come down or if he were to have part in any sort of act detrimental to the team's image. Yeah, it was really weird it wording void, in my Yeah, mind. It, was, it was different wording, but it sounds like um, if the Patriots decide to, they could void his guarantees. And that's what caused him to freak out in Maybe Oakland. Maybe the second time in a week. So I, I, he's going for records. So do you think that now hypothetical here, if he gets his contract voided, his guarantees voided for this contract, will he throw as much of a hissy fit in New England as he did in Oakland? Or will he look at Tom Brady's four un, unringed fingers and go, I want to look like that? I mean, so yeah, just voiding the guarantees, all that means is instead of having guaranteed money, he could still make money game to game. He would just have to be playing, obviously. Um, so you would think that he realizes this is probably his last chance. I don't know who oh, yeah. else was going to pick him up. Um, maybe some team that's real, real desperate, but Antonio Brown seems smarter than that. Like, I think we, we're not even going to talk about it here, but it seems like Antonio Brown getting to New England was intentional after all. Right. Wh- where, where that intention started, who knows? But um, I agree. We should probably move on from AB. We have probably talked about him more than we wanted to or more than we need Week to. Week one homer results. There we go. Vikings game. I had one note after that. I watched it. I guess... I guess Delvin Cook is okay. When healthy. Well, I'll give you that asterisk right away. No, yeah, no. And, and that is, I mean, that goes for a lot of the players that we talk about. But Wait, the, the players that are on the field playing? Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good at things when they're healthy. But Delvin, I will say, on Sunday, he looked explosive through that line. He had holes to run through, but he looked explosive, which is, you know, non-biased, you know, anti-Minnesota Vikings aside, that is what you want to see in a running back. And if he can continue to run like that, I don't know if you're a stud for the year, him or him being the top fantasy running back is going to be true, but he could have a monster season for the Vikings if he stays healthy. He sure could. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming that's going to at least wrap up your initial thoughts on the game. Uh, not to be overly a homer, but I, I just want to share, like, my genuine my genuine experience watching that game. So it's noon, just sitting in the old recliner doing the Dustin thing down the um, down in the domain. Um, and I the game kicks off, and so Atlanta gets the ball first. I think we force him three and out right away. Um, so I'm like, all right, here comes the punt. Let's see what the Vikings can do. And then so the Vikings block the punt and i was like all right i see you um and then right after that maybe three four plays later the vikings are in the end zone and i I was genuinely like i'm gonna get away from the mic here but i was genuinely just like sitting back in my recliner like shit 
Like that was that was an incredible start to the season. Obviously, I'm not going to say we're in the Super Bowl, we're going to finish like that, but it was almost like a out of body experience for me just seeing the Vikings start the game that well. Obviously, we finished the game well. Kirk Cousins only ended up throwing the rock 10 times. We won 28-12, and the 12 definitely came in garbage time. Um, if I were to try and take a, an objective view, my only concern for the team so far is that Atlanta is not a crazy good team. Um, so while we were able to slow them down on def on offense and uh, you know kind of have our will with them on have our will with them on offense and our defense slowed down their offense um you know i would just be concerned that the vikings too much want to be a one-trick pony and succeeding rapidly with the run and then when the run doesn't work the pass doesn't work and then we're just kind of sitting with our dick in our hands going well shit um so maybe the packers will be the first test of this because the packers defense playing the bears team that i've been calling for a while now that's going to be garbage this year looked great um, you know, Trubisky did nothing. The whole team really did nothing. So we'll see. Um, I was, I was very happy as a Vikings fan with that Atlanta performance. Um, but I'm certainly going to say pump the brakes. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. These are the Minnesota Vikings after all. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I can, I could agree with your takes. Obviously I was watching from a different perspective because I'm not a Vikings fan. <laughs> Wait, um, just... no, no. I mean, I give the Falcons a little bit more credit than most, I guess, because they were in the Super Bowl a couple years back, and they do have the majority of the same players. Different coaching staff, though, so you got to take that into account. Um, their defense struggled. They did not know how to stop the run, as you know, as Delvin and uh, even Madison showed. Um, their offense was atrocious as well. Um, there was that interception in the end zone that was just a pass that even I wouldn't have thought to make as a quarterback. Um, it was bad. Um, that led, I believe that led to points for the Vikings. So that, you know, take that back. It's a little bit different game, but you know, you can't take that back. So it was a Vikings played good. Definitely, definitely going to be a good game this week, um, in Lambeau. So hopefully, hopefully it's more than three to 10. And, uh, but you know, if it is three to 10, it just means that both defenses are stout. All right. <laughs> um, Going on to the Packers game, I have one more note for this game than I did for the Vikings. Um, offense was stale for both teams. You could definitely see that. I think you're the one that texted me like 48 of the players didn't even play in the preseason. I don't know if it was an actual stat or just an exaggerated number, but it feels real. No, I well, yeah, I think I said um, so. I think I said 44. So just like uh, both starters for both, like both yeah. sets of starters for both. Yeah, teams. and I know that some of the starters played in some of the games for the Packers. It was but certainly yeah, an exaggeration. Yeah, but um, at the same time, you could definitely tell Rodgers' throws were off. Um, he was not elite, as you might say. Um, but in the end, would he, you say top five quarterback? I would say. No, not yet. Not in the week one, but in the grand scheme of things, I feel like he could turn it around. Definitely when he got into the rhythm of things and he took over, that was the touchdown drive that they had. Um, yeah, so I mean, once once you get into a rhythm, it'll be fine. He didn't turn the ball over. He made some bad passes, but they weren't, they weren't silly, stupid bad passes like the Matt Ryan interception. They were bad passes like getting it out quick and it was just out of the wide receiver's reach or he wasn't on the same page. And I feel like that can be corrected with um, – game more games and more practice um getting getting kind of a rhythm down with this offense but overall the defense was a real story for both teams i feel like both defenses showed up and they were um either a product of poor offense or a real deal and so this week is going to be the test for both of them 
Right. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to add there, and I almost interrupted you, but obviously I'll let you finish. Um, the the second quarter, Aaron Rodgers, which is when they had that touchdown drive. That guy was hitting like that was that was um, 2010, 2011. Rodgers. He was hitting on all on all his on all his passes. He was looking hot. Um, and then I was just going to say, to your credit, I agree that Rodgers is notoriously never one to give away the ball. He's not reckless with the ball. If he's missing, he's missing to the outside, the inside, wherever the defender's not. Um, so that is a, a good thing on Rodgers. He does not uh, tend to turn the ball over um, at least through the air like that so yep. um, yeah I mean do you, have, do you have any or what's uh... I guess the last thing that I have to add is um, they both the, um, so one of the things that I've never seen him do with McCarthy ever is take accountability for mistakes and one of the first things he said after the game was I made some bad throws so he took accountability for it um he wasn't pointing fingers like he has in the past and i'll admit that he points fingers at the other team or not at the other team at other players more than most people should especially if they want to be a good leader um so he took accountability which was nice and even uh lafleur um cramming up your cram hole i was waiting for you to say it i need to get that Um, sound clip um even he took some accountability, but both of them were pretty excited about the defense and how they performed. Um, and as a Packer fan, as was I. What about other games, Gar? Did you watch anything else? Uh, so I did see. I'm going to write. Do you have it as your own segment? I think that's a good call. So I'm just writing down the start time as we start the week one watchable moments. I believe you put it down as so. Um, I, w- I felt blessed that the Chargers game was just on TV, so I didn't have to stream it or anything. So Chargers-Colts was the 3 o'clock game. I watched that. really enjoyed it just because I'm a Chargers fan. I like to see them win. It ended up being a good game. Like, I think the first quarter looked like it was going to be pretty lopsided, as, you know, people might expect. The you know, Colts have Brissett, and that's just the way it goes. But it was actually a much better game than I think people think. It went to overtime, and the Chargers got the ball first in overtime and went down and scored a touchdown. So it's, you know, Indy didn't necessarily have a chance in overtime. They could have played better defense. But overall, I like that game. Um, another three o'clock game I got to catch the end of, which was the most exciting part, was that Arizona Detroit game, which was a crazy finish. I don't know if you got to see that, but wow, Detroit should have won that game. Uh, the that last touchdown by or that last touchdown, the last timeout that was called. Like Daryl Bevel suggested that Matt Patricia was like, sure, like that game would have been sealed had that timeout not been called, but it was. And then the game ends in a tie. So um, Sunday night was holy shit, a romping and uh <laughs> I, I, I don't want to take all the highlights so i mean th- those were the big three that stick out to me feel free to fill in any gaps no i i watched the nikita and i watched the chargers colts game because um in, in our league where we co-own a team uh we have keenan allen um and then she was paying attention because um she had some other players going and she was playing against some of the players in there so um but no you you like the chargers and i think that all the time that we spend together got me liking the chargers more so it's just philip rivers yeah. and his trash talking um but it was also just kind of it was it was a good game overall um granted you know it, it ended it ended with austin eckler doing what he did all game scoring touchdowns getting points mm-hmm. um I think that the performance by Eckler and even Justin Jackson, who didn't touch the ball very much, but when he did, he did okay. He's I mean, effective. Yeah, he. it was a nice little, uh, not necessarily change of pace because they both kind of played the same from mm-hmm. what I saw. Um, but uh, it was definitely a nice, that threw him off a little bit on defense. Um, kind of hurt Melvin Gordon's stock as far as negotiating with the Chargers, but I think we already knew that that wasn't going to work. All right. Um, and so overall, that was a fun game to watch. Um I know you're going to – I mean, the Patriots stomped the Steelers. Yeah. That upset Nikita. Big league. Um, I got pretty excited because that Josh Gordon touchdown was – 
pretty solid. I don't Josh know if Gordon looked nice. I'll, I'll give it to you. I don't know if you – I mean, I'm not going to say he went, you know, full out Josh Gordon. He only got four targets. He had three catches. Um, one of them was a big gain for a first down. The other one was that touchdown where he broke a tackle – maintained balance and then juked a guy and scored that was impressive that would have been impressive for any wide receiver to do right um granted he's the same size as gronk so he's a big boy um but then uh monday i didn't watch a whole lot of the monday night football um i did watch the first half of the saints game and and that was you know that was a fun game and then i guess it ended quite well will lutz got me some points what is your? I don't know what your dog. She's is digging doing. at the steps. She thinks ah. that she can go up the steps by digging underneath them. Well, that's a genius trap by your dog. Um. So yeah, I, I didn't catch much Monday Night Football. I think I caught like quarter three of the Raiders Broncos game. Um. Because I, I had plans on Monday night, so I was out. But I did catch a little bit of John Gruden, and John Gruden was, you know being John Gruden and they won the game I mean I'm not going to say Denver's a good team I'm not going to say that's a notable win for them but divisional matchup week one starting off right hopefully that can get them some some morale and some momentum because you know I've I've mentioned this a lot last year I'm certainly cheering for John Gruden I enjoy that man I would enjoy I would definitely enjoy seeing him successful so um I'm cheering for John Gruden I definitely, uh, with how he handled the AB situation and everything that he had to deal with with that, his his respect meter went up on me. I, I give him a little bit more respect. And then Josh Jacobs is, uh, I read a little bit more on his story, and that's a good story, going from living in his car to being the leading rusher in week one or one of the leading rushers in week yeah. one. So uh, that's that's a pretty cool story there. Um, I'm going to go feed Kai because she only does this when she's hungry. So Really? I'll be back. How convenient. All right, well... Um I'm going to write down the segment start time then for the week two preview. And the only other thing I'll say while I'm writing this down is that I didn't realize how fucking short Josh Jacobs was. Uh, I saw him like standing next to a couple other football players on the field like, holy shit, Josh Jacobs is short. Um, But so week two preview, obviously we got the Vikings and they're playing the pack and it's in Lambeau. Um, so the, anyone who lives in this area, which is just about anyone who listens to this podcast, minus maybe Zatch Wells or, um, Mr. Latvia himself, um, you know, this is, this is going to be quote unquote, the real test for both teams. Arguably the Packers did not play a very good offensive team with the Chicago bears. So we don't know if their defense is the real deal. Um, we don't know that the Vikings offense being able to run all over everybody's the real deal because the Atlanta Falcons, um, do not have a very great defense. Um, the Packers, um, offense did face a pretty good Vike or a pretty pretty good bears defense so um i i can't say that the vikings are equal to the bears defense and talent that's probably not the case maybe the coaching's a little bit better that vic fangio's gone but it should be a similar matchup for rogers i think i think rogers has traditionally struggled against zimmer defenses not that i don't think he's ever beaten us but i think it's it's rarer for rogers to beat a zimmer team um and I was mainly stalling for Josh to get back, but he's back now. But, you know, to hit the hit all the cliches, this is the test. We'll see. Um, I, I think – I don't want to say whoever wins this game wins the North, but it certainly seems like after week one and if we're just, um, you know, over overreacting to everything, that the clear-cut two top teams would be us at this point, Vikings backers. I mean, Detroit. They tied. Yeah, they didn't lose. Bears are last in the division. Makes me happy. That's 100% true. Um, No, I I agree. I was actually just going to ask, do you think that winner of this game takes a division? And then you said that. Um, I don't think it's 
you know, it's not necessarily set in stone because injuries happen apparently. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. Once in a while. Um, I do agree with your take. Rodgers does struggle against Zimmer defenses, um, but that's Rodgers in the McCarthy system. So who that's knows how true. Who knows how this goes? There's a little bit more. They, they made a point in the Bears game where they um, put a player in motion and then they brought him back because they wanted to see what coverage they were in, if it was man or zone. That's something that McCarthy never did. He was like the, uh, when you're playing Madden, he did coaches' suggestions and then just mashed A every single time and then hiked it and hoped for the best. Um, so how I play Madden. Yeah, um, that's how I play. That's why I lost my game today. Um, but anyways, um, I, th- I think that this, that could, if they do more pre-motion stuff, get the ball out a little bit more up-tempo, quick, um, quick passing, that sort of thing, it, it could go either way. It just depends on does the defense that played the Rams for the Vikings show up? Or does the defense that most people see them as show up? And I'm talking about the Rams because Anthony Barr got burned for a bajillion yards. I mean, that doesn't mean the Vikings defense are bad. That means Zimmer essentially got out-schemed a lot because Barr shouldn't have been covering whoever he was covering on most of those plays. Cooper Cup or Todd Gurley, I think. I mean, I guess the linebacker on Gurley makes sense, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it it just depends. And, And... Lambeau field home field advantage I know it's a two and a half three point game whatever right now so basically even um and so I think that it's going to either be a I, I, god I hope it's not a freaking tie again um <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that it's going to be a closer game um as long as it's a good game and the Packers win um then I'll be happy yeah I mean I think we both agree that as long as i don't even want to say entertaining because that's a more selfish take that i want the game to entertaining but if it's a good football game and it's close till the end i think we'll both be satisfied um with the results either way obviously i prefer the vikings win you prefer the packers win um and we'll just see what happens can you guys bring back Corey vedvik for uh just this game no well i'd much rather have dan bailey miss one or two than bring that guy anywhere near he got cut by the jets okay (laughs) i know i i saw that (laughs) brutal i saw Um, that he'll be kicking in the xfl in two years (laughs) he's not good enough for the xfl josh am i good enough to kick in the xfl (laughs) nah uh cream hunt is though that ouch was in the mic but i'll appreciate it um you had you also have the bullet here other notable games um i mean i'm always excited for the Chargers game the chargers play detroit um we can see how bad of a romping new england puts on miami they're currently favored by 19 yeah um, so we'll see and it's it's also weird because the weird thing about the new england miami rivalry is when it's in miami miami beats them so I guess no one thinks that's going to be the case this year. That curse or tradition or whatever you want to call it is going to be broken. Um, well, there is a stat. Oh, I guess that – never mind. doesn't make sense. Go on. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was just going to say I'm surprised Pittsburgh is favored by four over Seattle. I mean, I understand what? the game's in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, Pittsburgh's currently favored. So if you want to change your upset to Seattle over Pittsburgh, go for it. No, I'm happy with it, and that just requires too much typing. Uh, New Orleans Rams, that was the – that's an NFC championship rematch. So that yeah, should be that good. One's, that one should be exciting. Honestly, at this point, it's week two, so every game's exciting to me. I just want to watch football. <laughs> right. It's about week so, eight, week nine, where you're like, all yeah, right, let's yeah, get yeah. the it's playoffs like, it's going. Like, yeah. yeah, week 10, let's uh, let's throw some uh, snipers out there to make them a little bit more interesting. But um, 
No, I agree. I I'll watch whatever's on TV. I hope the Packers game comes in um, in Minnesota here. But... <laughs> they play the Vikings, so I <laughs> yep, think... I know that that's always my biggest complaint about being a Packers fan is that when the Vikings are on, they don't have any other games on, so I have to watch. Imagine the Vikings. fucking that. Yeah, but uh, no, it should be good. It's a noon game, so then that just leaves me to either drink myself to sleep the rest of the day or to drink myself in celebration the rest of the day. Team has a bunch of losers in Minnesota. Yes, we are. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited to watch games, and so that uh, that that little tidbit on Miami and um, New England brings us into our next segment: locks and upsets. I'm gonna say one more thing. I'm just uh, if there's one other game I'm interested, in, I want to see if Cleveland can beat the Jets. Because if not, Ooh, that dream yeah. those that dream those dream team speculations they're done. That's just a team full of hotheads. Yeah, and then maybe uh, maybe if they lose, Odell can check his watch to see. <laughs> see what time it is and uh what fucking timeline are we living in right now dude right what a fucking weird nfl all right locks and upsets um 32 30 or 32 25 is what we're gonna put that segment start time at so we got our first week of locks and upsets in the book and i'm honestly i i want to say we've done this for a long time because we've done it for one year um and the they actually and the NFL on Fox pre-show changed their game. They don't do locks and upsets I anymore, which is bullshit. Um, so we will carry on the legacy of locks and upsets. Um, but I was genuinely shocked how many people got their upsets upset pick right last week. I mean, there wasn't a lot of diversity. Like a, there was plenty of overlap on people picking the same game. But out of the fourteen participants, we have eleven people got the full three points for the week, and the other three. Um, who don't have all three points, they missed their upset pick, and they only have one point. So everyone hit their lock, and three people only three people missed the upset. I thought that was crazy. Yep, I saw that. I was impressed. Um, this week, it looks like we're still waiting on some people to send theirs in, which is fine, because right. they have until Sunday at 11. <laughs> that is correct. Um, but, you know, some of the ones, Nikita and I, we have the same lock. Um, Eric's and Jalen have the same lock. Sorry, Eric's. Um, but I think that that was actually the other lock that I had in mind. Um, upset wise, Walters and Nikita have the same idea. So sorry, Nikita. Um, and yeah, there's a little bit more diversity in upset so far this week. You have Indy over Tennessee, which I think is a good one. Yeah, that's uh, that ties into my hot take from the beginning of the show. I just, I, I, I liked what I saw from Indy on the field, and Tennessee obviously put a romping on the Browns. I don't think that's going to be the case for um, Tennessee all year, so I'm thinking Indy fights back, divisional game. Um, traditionally, Indy has Tennessee's number, so we'll see. But Jalen has Seattle at Pitt. I think that's a good one. Um, I have Atlanta at Philly just because I wanted to be a little different. Um, Kaya, stop digging at the stairs. <laughs> she only does that when she's hungry, don't worry. Yeah, and I don't think she ate. She's waiting. Um, Why don't you yeah. bring her dish down here? You won't follow. Okay. Yeah, so that's locks and upsets. Yeah, I mean, you're going to do that, so I'm going to put in just someone else's. So Aaron, um, no one knows Aaron, and Aaron's not going to listen to this, but Aaron has this uh, lock as Dallas over Washington, so that's something. And then he tried to have his upset as Seattle over Pittsburgh, but to the one rule I instituted of just not reusing the same teams week, uh, week in back-to-back weeks, I'm making him pick a different upset because he picked Seattle to win. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> That's technically true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, did you – I mean, my lock is Houston over Jacksonville. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. But uh, ooh. Ooh, he, he's taken Minnesota over Green Bay as his upset. What a shock. Hmm. Is that allowed? 
Um, so yeah, we'll see. So, you know, the, 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 not much to talk about the leaderboard and locks and upsets right now. There's 11 people in first with three points. And then Kyle, Brad, and Eric's, a.k.a. Mr. Latvia, are tied for 12th with one point. Um, so that's that. It's fantasy fun time. Josh, what time is fantasy fun time in terms of how long we've been recording, if you had to guess? Uh, 6.40 p.m. <laughs> I hate you. Did that same fucking joke last year. Well, shh. We're, we're actually on pace to set records and get like awards of some kind because we went from, we've more than tripled our listeners from what I understand. We went from Eric's to Eric's, Carmel, and Titan. That's triple our listening ship it's just not going to count in your wife or walters or jamie i still don't believe oh. she actually listens jamie or your wife my wife i'm just kidding she listens she talked to me about it <laughs> so yeah we i guess you know it just doesn't work that way then so shh kyle's in on on again off again listener as well um so yeah it's uh it's fantasy fun time like josh said it was actually fantasy fun time a minute ago when we first talked about it because that's the segment start time i wrote down so huh. um keeping with the tr- tradition of generalistic fantasy and now fantasy fun time we start our fantasy advice segment with the grain of salt um and the grain of salt is actually going to be pretty sweet this week if i can say that um grain of salt for me i went six i'm in eight fantasy leagues i went six and two i felt pretty good about that Uh, i didn't have a lot of those weeks last year last year was traditionally or was uh, i won't say uncharacteristically but last year was not a good fantasy year for me um i'm starting off hot this year i like it um i I have a little spreadsheet going i have spent 430 dollars on my different fantasy leagues this year um i did not get a single dollar in winnings from any of my leagues last year except for maybe technically we won something in bsb but i think it just stayed in the league or i don't know maybe we got ten dollars out of bsb i I don't remember but um so yeah i'm hoping to come away either neutral or with some money in the black this year Um, but we'll see six and two i for my grain of salt i went four and one last week and the one that i lost was in a um i don't know what they're officially called it's like a free-for-all free yeah free-for-all there we go king of the hill king of the hill free-for-all whatever um i lost handedly top of the crop tyree kill got hurt which doesn't help um it's also the league that walters said he's afraid of my team he thinks that i have a scary good team so guaranteed to finish last now Um, guaranteed but otherwise i mean i won all my other leagues i'm only in five leagues this year instead of the seven or eight that i was in last year um so sorry eric's miss bsb a little bit here and there um but no i won i i'm still keeping track of my uh versus the entire league thing so in victoria's secret i i would have gone three for eight if it was head to head um one of my other leagues my family league with my wife is seven and two so we had a pretty high score door up um in my one dynasty league with coon rapids seven and four in the hidden or in the oaks hidden oaks dynasty i went seven and two in the hidden oaks redraft league i would have gone two and eleven against the board yikes but i still got the win because i played the lowest score of the week so who, thank who, you nate oh you played no, nate? yeah thank you nate i play nate in dynasty you want to repeat that please do um who the fuck is co- my mom hey dusty all right uh so yeah i mean that that's a lovely grain of salt josh you had a higher winning percentage than i did this week nice i'm in less league so yeah if i was in one more i would have lost that one so we would have tied that's not how numbers work so top performers of the week 
Um, <coughs> wide receiver. Now, Garlic, preseason, if I would have said the top three performers of the first week of the season, Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson, and John Ross. How I would have told you to go fuck yourself. How many pots would you have tried to buy off me? All of the pots. Yep. And Sam- three of the pans. Sammy Watkins with 46.8. Deshaun Jackson, 35.4, and John Ross with 34.8. I think all three of them had touchdowns of more than 50 yards. By the way, I don't know what this link is that you put in the doc, but this link is I didn't put that link there. That link is trash. So if that's my old link from last year, it doesn't work. Oh, it probably is because I copied and pasted, yeah. Um, Son of a bitch. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey, 42.9. Austin Eckler, 39.4. Derek Henry, 28.9. Probably not somebody you expect to see up there with other guys in the league drafted way ahead of him. I will take one of Sauston's takes there that 14 of Derek Henry's points came off like one play. So without that, maybe give him 20 yards that play, he would have had like 14, 16 points. But still pretty good if you had him in your lineup. Yep. Quarterback-wise, Lamar, 33.6. Dak, 33.4. And Stafford, 27.6. Um, Lamar and Dak probably drafted, but I'm guessing Stafford was sitting on the, the waivers for a lot of leagues. Oh, yeah. um, I don't think he keeps up that production, um, but who knows? Dak and Lamar, who knows? I mean, Lamar is kind of a question mark at this point just because he's only had, what, seven, eight starts now? And Dak is up and down, but they, he was playing the Giants, so my guess is he doesn't put up 33.4 again. Um, Tight ends, Ingram, 28.6. Hawkinson, 25.1. Mark Andrews, 24.8. Your boy. Your boy. Um, And so I put an exclamation point next to Hawkinson because seeing a rookie tight end put up numbers like that, pretty impressive. Um, Stafford seemed to look his way a lot. Um, I think it's because they look alike. And so, yeah. He cracked the code. Any other performances that you were surprised by? No, I mean, obviously, got to give all the credit in the world to Harrison Butker, number one kicker, 17 points. I mean, come on. Come on. I guess. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously, you nailed all the leaders. 100% of the people that put Harrison Butker in their lineup got 17 points if they were playing the same scoring that got him 17 points. I'm, I'm changing your hot take. I'm going to re- record this one instead of that other one. This is your hot take of the of the week. Okay, good. Um. Yeah, I guess I don't. Darren Waller Safety. did good. Hell yeah, I did, dude. Um, he, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up here, in in kind of the, I don't know where to put it though, so I'll just talk about it now. I'm sorry <laughs> if you guys are sick of my voice. I'm sick of my voice. Um, he was on the field for every offensive snap, I believe, for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I think he put up like 22 points in PPR. Mark Andrews was only on the field for like 30 to 40 percent. So it's obvious when Mark Andrews is on the field, he's going to be in a passing situation. So, it appears so. Um, because there's three tight ends and he's not good at blocking, whereas Waller seems to be kind of all around good at everything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those guys do because they're both second-year players, I believe. So let's uh, see how the rest of the season unfolds. Studs and duds. <laughs> Josh, that might be the Sorry, I got distracted. to a mini-segment of all time studs and duds all right josh before we even get into it i have a slight bone to pick with you i don't understand your coloring on the stud dud scorecard can you explain it to me wait what on 
have two B. I did not put those colors in there. I was going to actually have a bone to pick with you on it. I was like, why is it reversed? I was like, it makes no sense. I'm in first place. It should be red. Well, red, really good. Green, gross. That's how I see it. <laughs> there we Except go. Except purple good. Uh, yeah, sorry. So I took us off track there, but I, I have been waiting to talk about that all day, and I want to do it first on the pod. Anyways, studs and duds. Josh has talked for a while, so I'll start. I had Vance McDonald as my stud. Turned out, nope, 9.6 was still too high for that fuck. Dude got six points and full PPR for a difference of negative 3.6 for me. However, Tyreek Hill, I don't want to say I got lucky that the guy got injured because that's rude to him as a person, but Tyreek Hill got injured. He was projected 17.3. I actually only got 4.1, so that was a difference of positive 13.2 for me. And overall, I had a positive 9.6 on my score differential for my first week of studs and dudes. I had on Johnson. One of my notes was we're really good at stud picks. So incredible far. yep i had carry on johnson who was projected 15 turns out uh everything that i read on reddit shocking was a lie that what? the arizona defense was just gonna let him run right by um he only put up 8.2 for a negative 6.8 net uh, my stud though um nick chubb he was he, he was projected my dud yeah he was projected 17.6 um he ended up getting 11.5 so that's a positive 6.1 i finished with negative 0.7 good for second yeah um i will say the only other thing to say about carry on is on on reddit it appears like the consensus doesn't seem to think that cj anderson would do anything would make which that, that narrative make no sense to me but cj anderson got the rock plenty which yes he obviously did. didn't help your cause as well um so we'll move on to mr latvia aka eric's kesteris he had devonta freeman as a stud which yikes I, that man was foolish he was projected 14 points in full ppr he only got a a uh, 4.1 bomber uh, against that Vikings D for a stout negative 9.9 for Mr. Latvia. Uh, James White was his dud. Um, he was projected 13.7. He got 13.2, so technically a dud. Only a, a 0.5 uh, positive differential for that man there. So an overall performance of negative 9.4 for Eriks, which is good for fourth of five. My lovely wife, Nikita. So I'm going to go ahead and give Nikita just major props because when we go through and we do studs and duds, everybody here takes take prop. I'm guessing that everybody here kind of looks at the projections, goes by that, says, yeah, that guy has projected 10 points. It's PPR. If he catches the ball five times, gets 50 yards, he's there already. That's what Nikita I just tosses out names that she knows, people that she likes for studs, mm-hmm. and then people that she doesn't necessarily like um, or don't think they're going to do well for duds without looking at projections. She had Juju as her stud, who's projected 18.1, who had 13.8, actually, for negative 4.3. Granted, he did get hurt. I don't know if he went back in after the injury. Um, and they were just down already by so much that why play him if he was? Um But then her dud, Aaron Rodgers, 16. Um, Bears defense is solid. He only got 12.9, so she did net 3.1 there. And her overall is negative 1.2. And so I give her props because her duds or her studs are actual studs in starting lineups. So good job, wife. Love you. See I will give props to Nikita as well, and just to mention her finish, she finished middle of the pack, third out of third of five. Um, but see, Nikita's smart because she's not using her brain, she's not using statistics or facts, she's not even using her heart. 
Okay? She's using her gut. We call that truthiness here on the pod. Thank you, Stephen Colbert. Um, finally, probably shouldn't even give this man airtime after what a poor performance he had week one with his studs and duds picks. But, of course, you know, we're talking about our dear friend, land of 10,000 failures, Ryan Walters. Aaron Jones was his stud pick. This man's a homer. I don't know why he would pick Aaron Jones to go off against the Vikings or against because the Chicago Because he knows whatever defense. he says, the opposite happens when it comes to football. Well, I guess. Um, so, Aaron Jones... 12 points projected, 4.9 in reality. That's a negative 7.1. David Johnson was his stud. Um, projected dud. 19. Excuse me, that is correct. David Johnson was his dud. 19.4 was the projected. 25.7 was the actual. So that's another negative 6.3. Overall, Walters had negative 13.4 in his first showing. Good for dead last week one. Moving on to, we'll just briefly mention our week twos here so we can kind of get back on track because we're at the 50-minute mark. Um, My stud for week two is Hollywood Brown, who's only projected 7.9 for some fucking reason. Um, And then Big Ben's my dud. He's projected 18.8. Fuck that guy. Yeah, no, I have uh, Mark Ingram um, projected 13.4. Jameis Winston is my dud, projected 18.1. Jameis couldn't... uh, James couldn't throw a ball at those, you know, bottles at a fair. I'm dumb. Um, Got him. I quit. Eric's Kesteris, Michael Gallup is the stud. He liked what he saw out of the uh, Dallas receiver last week. And Aaron Jones against the Vikings D as the dud. Apparently he learned his lesson from last week. Yeah. Nikita, uh, her stud, and this is just going back to what I'd said earlier. Her stud, Lamar Jackson, projected 19.6 truthiness antonio brown is her dud projected 15.3 but i will say if we find out he's not playing before sunday i'm gonna make her switch it so see i appreciate you having the same take i know you didn't like it when i didn't let you count dalvin cook last year but i agree she should have a new dud pick yep and walt oh go on i mean you can say it i don't care Walters has Devin Singletary as his stud projected 10.9 and his dud is David Johnson 17.8 so ladies and gentlemen if you have David Johnson put him in your lineups Uh, and if you have Devin Singletary take him out that's probably not the first official double down on studs and duds but it is for this year we have our first official double down David Johnson two weeks in a row we'll see uh, how dumb Walters really is (laughs) 35 fantasy (laughs) points hot damn all right, that's uh oh you have the last part you have here is bold predictions. Fantasy related would be the last part of our fantasy fun time. Josh, you want to hit us with some bold fantasy predictions for week two? Yeah. Gardner Minshew, America's hero. <laughs> Quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The mustache and all. Otherwise known as Fu Minshew. Fu Minshew? is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this week. Mark it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know not all of you have been listening. Perfect timing. I know not all of you are in mine and garlics and teas um, group chat, group text messaging, but I will tell you this. Gardner Minshew is a folk legend, and he will go for 400 yards passing with four touchdowns. Willie? Maybe not this week, but combined for the next three weeks, maybe. At some point in the future ever, yep, he's got a chance. My, my second one, 
Christian McCaffrey hits 100 rush and 100 receiving yards for three total touchdowns. Nice. Uh, I didn't really have one prepared, so just pulling one out of my rear. Um, I'll go with, uh, excuse me. I'll go with Kirk Cousins, has 300 yards passing and two touchdowns, no picks, um, 79% completion percentage against the Packers' stout defense. All right, so when you turn your Xbox off at noon to watch the game, what's actually going to happen? 85% completion percentage, Josh. Do I need to go higher? I just threw up in my butt. You threw up. We call that diarrhea, Josh. <laughs> um, redraft week one results. Write down Ooh. segment start time. Yeah. 6.56 p.m. 51.55. Side bet winner, Brad. Gross. Can Sammy, we stop the side bets now? Sammy Watkins got him 40-something points. So, yeah, I'd hope he'd get it. He had 159 <laughs> total uh all right so do we i assume we want to go over the matchups isn't that the whole point of no i didn't do the whole matchups thing well i know i was just i was pulling up the matchups on espn well i just wrote down the closest games and the biggest blowout and i had i beat nate by six and nikita beats willie by 7.9 those are the two closest matchups biggest blowout was brad um beating garrett by 69 giggity point three not giggity giggity point three um yeah so i mean i got i don't know if you mentioned it i got romped by jamie 156 to 116 that was brutal she had cmc and mahomes so i don't know if i ever had a chance robin newest member of the league she got her first win over t get fucked nerd um derek the two-time champ he got stomped by stills trying aka jesse that's embarrassing nikita won like you said josh won somehow yeah with the third highest score of the week um brian the man we all gave shit to for his team the man who lost andrew luck the man who is probably gonna lose antonio brown he beats hammer um 156 to 115 brian Knup, the same guy i just mentioned that we had shit on a lot had the highest score week one that's fucking incredible to me how did he have the highest score if Brad won the side bet for highest uh, score? Well, okay, you got second highest score. There we go. We're not going to give Brad credit for anything, are we, Josh? No, that's true. And you should know better. DeAndre Hopkins got him 31.1. Deshaun Watson got him 30.7. Um, T.Y. Hilton got him 28.7. The zero RB strat somehow worked, at least for week one. For week one, yeah. It's a small sample size. Right, and then, yeah, Brad, highest score against Garrett, who just fucking rolled over and got 89.7. Brutal. Yep, and so I have the final standings projection since we went over it last week. Hey. Um, we have T currently being projected to be last place, <laughs> as he should, because his team is embarrassing. Nerd. Um, boy, this sucks. The Walking Tacos, 13th jesse 12th <laughs> isn't it the worst thing of all yes. time yes garrett 11th robin 10th josh 9th god nate 8th robin 7 wait what you just said robin twice oh yep sorry 10th is brian robin 7th God, this thing. You're looking sucks. for the dark circle. Yep. Gar sixth. Woo! Outrank Josh. Eh. 
We'll see. <laughs> Le'Veon. I don't know who that is. Fifth. <laughs> she turned fourth. I don't know who that is. We have too many people in this league. <laughs> Nikita. Nikita with the league. biggest jump from 12th to third. And that, that's from draft day, right? Dwight oh, draft day yeah. Was yep. So never mind. And actually she's, and it wasn't the biggest jump. Um, Nikita's third. <laughs> By the way, Willie is the Le'Veon team. Okay. Nate second, despite just losing and having the week slow. Um, Wait, have you said Brad's name yet? Are you telling me Brad's fucking first? I don't remember hearing Brad's name. No, nah, Brad's eighth. Oh, who's first? Jamie. No! I mean, Patrick Mahomes and CMC, she could easily ride that out for the whole season and win. Yeah, just she with those two the rest players. of her team, especially when she plays me. It's fucking incredible. Um, all right, so for if we're going to do a briefer results section, I think we should do um, a little bit more in-depth on the matchups just to give our rough feelings. Um, so I don't know if you want to pull up the week two matchups and just kind of give our give our quick takes on them. Um, we're starting this at 56.05. So I can put a cap on it and say we'll do no more than um, 14 minutes. I mean, that's a minute of matchup. I think that's fair. Um let me know when you're ready to go, I'm my ready. friend. Ooh, all right. So we got me um, playing Derek. So I'm currently projected 118 to Derek's 95.7. Uh, my projected leaders are Zeke, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Garoppolo. And so I, I guess I don't know how I feel about that just off the top. Garoppolo, probably not the best quarterback, but I don't know if there's anyone decent enough on waivers for me to pick up right now. Oh, and an ad's going to play. That's super sick um but so we'll see and i'm gonna have to wait for this ad to go away i've got another eight seconds i don't know if you can list off some of Derek's top players or not while i wait for this ad to go away but uh derrick's got tom brady who has a plethora of weapons at wide receiver odell beckham jr who had a solid connection with uh baker mayfield and then tyree kill who's projected to zero there we go and so i'm back now so there's on espn it shows a win probability which is a new little feature this year i currently have a 60 percent win probability probability so that's cool of course the most favorable matchup i think of this whole thing is tom brady playing miami hopefully that dude should be able to just light him up like lamar jackson did um david montgomery at denver could be a great matchup tj hawkinson's looking hot for Derek against the chargers i don't like terry conan's flex i don't think he was utilized well um, but looking at his bench, I guess he has John Ross on his bench. This band should put John Ross in his flex before well, we play. Well, he has to put John Ross in for Tyree Kill. Oh, does he? Ooh. All right. Well, if Tyree Cohen's your flex and my flex is Larry Fitzgerald, I like my chances. Um, but John Brown is also one of my starting receivers, so I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, who do you got, me or Derek? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I guess I'm going to go you just because I like the Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott. I think the only players that are going to actually, and, and George Kittle, um, I think the only people that are going to hold you down are Jimmy G and John Brown. I yeah, think that those two, and then Larry Fitzgerald too, because not necessarily, not any knock on Larry, but I think that the Baltimore defense is good. Kyler's going to have his first, o- first away game. Were they away last week? They were not. They were at home. So first away game, new environment, strong defense. Um, so that could be detrimental to Larry's production as well. But I think Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, and Kittle can potentially carry you, assuming TJ Hawkinson doesn't put up 28 points again. 
That would be nice. Um, all right, so for the next matchup I have here, and sorry, Josh, I'm just going to force you to go in my order. We have Big League playing Sherlock hey, Mahomes. that's what I'm on. So that's T versus Jamie. Josh, I'll let you get the first takes here. Yeah, no, um, T's top players, Austin Eckler, Adam Thielen. Um, those are the top projections. Um, Tyrell Williams, um, who had a solid outing last week as well. Um, I think that those three are probably going to be his three top. James White potentially is going to jump up as well just because um they'll be running the ball more tom brady can't throw the ball more than 25 yards um and then jared goff i think they're going to get in a shootout with new orleans so i think his teams are going to be solid but he's going up against uh patrick mahomes christian mccaffrey julian edelman um who's tom brady's butt buddy uh dj moore delaney walker who had a really good outing sterling shepherd so t went T wins his second loss of the season. <laughs> he wins his, yeah, I'll have to agree with that take. I'm surprised to see ESPN only give Jamie a 56% win probability currently. Maybe they think too highly of some of T's players, but she's currently projected to win by 16 points. So I see some inconsistency there with you, ESPN. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and make the call now that Jamie, barring an injury, is going to be in the ship. Uh, who he faces, I have no idea, but Jamie will be in the ship. You heard it here first, folks. Um, next, we have Girls Rule Robin versus Team Mitchell. So that's Robin v. Nikita. Currently, uh, Nikita is projected to romp Robin. She will be rocking Robin, if you will, 119.4 to 102.3. Um, Nikita's got Carson Wentz, David Johnson, Justin Jackson. That's kind of a brutal starter, but could be okay. Keenan Allen, PPR whore. Um, Travis Kelsey and Calvin Ridley um, would be rounding out her team. Jamie, or not Jamie, Robin's got Matt Ryan, uh, Todd Gurley, Derek Henry, Juju, Alshon, um, Vance McDonald, and she's going to have to take juice out of her flex. So she might have more points here. Let's look at her bench real quick. Uh, I don't really like her bench. Maybe she puts Noah Font in the flex. We, yeah, we had talked about her team preseason after the draft and said that if anybody on her team gets hurt, she's in trouble because her bench was not good, but her starting lineup was one of the best that we saw. Right. Um, were you done with your takes? No, I mean, I was just reading her team. I think, you know, I, I think I'll give Nikita the win. Okay. Yeah. No, and I think, and Nikita has Justin Jackson in there because Justin, ja- um, she had Lamar Miller, right. obviously tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, I told, or yeah, I told, um, I told her about Justin Jackson when she's like, who's this guy? And, um, and then she picked him up. Um, but yeah, David Johnson, um, Carson Wentz, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that I'll give Nikita the win on this one. She had a really good outing last week. Um, Keenan Allen at Detroit, he should just tear them up. Um, Kelvin Ridley at Philly. Yeah. So I think that she has, she has a pretty solid team. Um, and even her bench is solid. She's got Kalen Balazs, who has potential to be the starter in Miami if Kenyon Drake keeps struggling. James Washington, who you were high on. I was high on as well. Dak Prescott as a backup quarterback for if uh, Wentz gets hurt. Jimmy G had a decent outing. He was the only touchdown on Thursday. And then Chase Edmonds as the handcuff to David Johnson. So for the shallow bench, she has a decent bench. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Nikita is going to make it to the playoffs. Um, I'd have to see as far as injuries go if I think that she's going to be champion or not. Um, but who knows? She could get lucky if uh, Justin Jackson takes over, if Eckler gets hurt or anything like that. Safety again. All right. So next, Josh, I'll let you go first. But we've got T versus U. This is the matchup I got. T? I'm playing. Oh, uh, Jesse. Excuse me. I'm playing Jesse. Yeah, it's going to be a close matchup, too. Um, Allegedly. 
my highest projections, Nick Chubb, Kerryon Johnson, Devontae Adams, um, Philip Rivers, Sony Michelle. I think that uh, Jesse's got Julio, Stefan, um, Damian, and Rodgers. I think that Rodgers is not going to hit that um, 17 points. Um, Damian didn't do much last week, if I remember correctly. Um, never mind, he had a touchdown. Um, Damien did, yeah, good last week. He had 18, I think. Yep, Julio had that garbage time touchdown. They're playing Philly, so he'll probably hit that. Um, I think it's going to be close. Um, I still haven't decided if I'm going to keep uh, Cooper Cup in or Sony Michelle. I think that I might take out one of them and put in Sutton, um, but I haven't necessarily decided yet. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think I'm going to be involved in the second. And for the second week in a row, I'm going to be involved in the closest matchup. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give your team the higher floor. I think Jesse's team has the higher ceiling. Um, just for the higher floor following statistics, I'm going to give you the win, but it could go either way. I, I agree with your take, young sir. Uh, hooray. All right. So now we have Le'Veon La Vida Loca versus the Skybusters. That's Willie versus Brian. Um, so Willie's got Will. Uh, Willie's got Willie. Uh, Willie's got Russell Wilson, Le'Veon Bell, Davin Cook, Kenny Galladay, Josh Gordon, Austin Hooper, Aaron Jones. The Pats D against Miami. That's going to be uh, uh, you know a good deciding factor here. And then Robbie Gould. Um, Brian's got Deshaun Watson, Matt Breida, Royce Freeman, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Gallup, Evan Ingram, T.Y. Hilton, the Eagles D and Mason Crosby currently in a starting lineup. Obviously, this, this could change by Sunday, but um, Willie is projected to win 117.3 to Brian's 105.1. Uh, he's got a win probability of 55% right now. Um, I, I really like Dalvin this year. Le'Veon, um, one of the two running backs for uh, on the field for every single snap. Um, they're playing Cleveland, which could be a trash team. Tennessee just romped him, so Le'Veon might get crazy points here. Um Josh Gordon did look good. Josh Gordon's points certainly swing heavily, whether or not Antonio Brown is on that field. And as I mentioned before, the Patriots defense is going to be making a big difference for Willie, I think. Um, and Brian, <laughs> Matt Breed and Royce Freeman as his starting running backs is brutal. But Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Evan Ingram, and T.Y. Hilton is going to be great. So I'm giving it to Brian, I think, in an upset. I would not be surprised if he took Royce Freeman out since they're playing Chicago and that defense that just absolutely shut down Aaron Jones. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and say that Aaron Jones is better than Royce Freeman, um, and I think he's gonna put in Malcolm Brown because Malcolm Brown vultured a couple touchdowns. I would say that that would be the smart move, um, despite the lower projection. I think that I think Willie's gonna take it just because I don't think Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are gonna carry him to victory again like last week. Yeah, we'll see. Literally, as it left my mouth, I was like, Ugh, I should not have taken Brian. I'll stick with it just for the entertainment factor, but using my brain and not my gut, I'd have to pick Willie, but I already said Brian. So, Brian, don't fucking let me down. Next, Josh, you got uh, Nate versus Brad. Well, Nate's currently projected to win by eight. Math is hard. Um, <laughs> he's 121.2 to Brad's 113.4. He has Lamar Jackson against Arizona, projected 20. Saquon versus Buffalo, projected 23. Um, then he's got Ertz and Mixon. Uh, Mixon's questionable, but I think he's going to play. Um, even if he doesn't play, he has um, he's in his flex, so he has some options there. Um, Brad has Fournette, Carson, Michael Thomas, Sammy Watkins, um, and then Drew Brees. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Nate because 
I think, like I said in my hot take in the beginning of the pod, I think Baltimore is just going to stomp Arizona. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to have another great outing. Saquon is going to have a great outing. Ertz is going to have a great outing. And I think Joe Mixon is going to hit that 16, maybe. Yeah, this is where I'm going to have to disagree. Only with the, the winner. I'm going to have to take Bradley as the winner. Only because Brad does this weird fucking thing every year where he starts out hot um and then falters towards playoff time so i'm giving the win to brad just based on history i think breeze chris carson michael thomas sammy watkins um could have a you could really those are certainly going to be over i want to say that's going to be 75 percent of brad's points is those four players i just listed so if they have a great week bradley will boom as well and get the dub um so final matchup we have she turned me into a i can't even read the full thing she turned in is it just Newton? It ends there. That's kind of that's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> All right, so here she turned me into a Newton versus Mac and Cheese, probably the two worst team names in the league if I had to say so. And my team name is Brian got fucked. Um, so Andrew versus Garrett. Andrew is currently projected to win one twenty one to um, one eleven. He's got a win probability of fifty five percent. Andrew's rocking Cam Newton, Alvin Kamara, uh, Duke Johnson, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Darren Waller, my boy, Deshaun Jackson, and the Ravens D with Willutz. Um, and then Garrett's rocking Baker, James Connor, Marlon Mack, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Hunter Henry. He's going to have to fix that. Um, so maybe he get, he's probably going to get more projected points there, so it might be closer than currently oh, projected. He still has projections. Oh, does he? Projected points on my screen, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, my screen doesn't show any projections. So I was just assuming. Uh, Marvin Jones, the Chargers D, and Adam Minitari. Um To me, I got to pick Hammer in this one, and it's not even close, and that's going to be the end of my story. I agree. Yeah, get fucked, Garrett. There we go. Yeah, no, I, I think that Hammer has a better team here. Um, Duke Johnson looks solid out there. Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. Cam Newton, I think he's going to turn it around against Tampa Bay. Uh, Darren Waller had a solid outing. Deshaun Jackson had a solid outing. Baltimore defense is going to stomp Arizona. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, his his backup tight end right now is Greg Olson. So, yeah, I think uh, – or Garrett's backup tight end is Greg Olson. Sorry. I think, yeah, Hammer's going to take this one pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I just had one more thought as you were talking is that I, I understand Garrett's team. Like, on paper, when Garrett drafted his team, it looked good. Baker Mayfield, James Conner, Marlon Mack, Mike Evans, Robert Woods. But after week one of the NFL, this team does not look like it's going to carry him very far. Um, so things could change, but for now, it looks like Garrett's just going to have one of those last seasons that's just too unfortunate. Um, but it's going to be true, I think. I would say that his – I would say my favorite player on his team is Robert Woods. Yeah, I, I'd go Marlon Mack after week one, but I, I guess I understand yeah, no, Mack looks solid. Thing. Um, Marlon Mack and Robert Woods are, you know, Robert Woods is probably my favorite on his team just because of production, but Marlon Mack is definitely um, up there just because last week he had a really solid outing uh, without Andrew Luck there. Right. All right, so uh, that's going to end the week two predictions. I kind of like that, having a brief week one results and then a more in-depth on the matchups that week, so I think we should continue that. Yeah. Um, we are going to... Um, going to the outro here. We're starting this at 110.25. Jesus. Jiminy like, Crickets. Definitely one of the longer pods. We'll see. Maybe we, we cut some things next week or just talk faster. Yeah. Um, when, well, we also spent a lot of time on the AB thing and a lot of just nonsense talking. But, right. We'll, uh, the, we'll see. The, for Redraft League, look at these TDs. Most offensive touchdown. Oh, that's the side that bet. That is a side bet for this week. Beautiful. So most offensive touchdowns, not defensive uh, anything you want to say to the, the, the people, Josh? Final words? Thanks for listening, Nikita. Everyone else, you suck. Ha! <laughs>
<laughs> All right. I think that's good enough. Uh, Facebook.com slash put hood pod. Um, Hidden Oaks Overdose at gmail.com. Love you. Bye. How the dogs doing, Josh? You got a wood bar on your door, by the way.